0: Well, our next guest was the leader of the band called The Chesterfields, who have been on our show uh, a couple times out of New York City. But uh, he has his own project now, a solo project. He's based out of New York City. We're talking with him in New York today. And uh, we welcome and want to thank him for his brand new album called Dawnbreaker. We welcome once again to WVOF in the Upper Room with Joe Kelly, Mr. Scott Sherrard. How you doing, Scott?
1: All right, man. Thanks for having me
0: yeah so man this is a great record and i was telling you off air we're really enjoying it and uh first off i mean the chesterfield's amazing band and and uh you and sean and the rest of the company doing a great thing but the decision to uh go ahead with your own songs and your name on the cover where did that start and what was the uh decision to do it
1: well, the uh, the last uh, Chesterfield album, um, which was an EP, actually, um, it was a, a five-song EP, and when we started to do it, uh, it was a situation where we were both sort of, Sean and I, when I say we were both, because we were basically the the core of the Chesterfield, Sean played uh, drums and bass, and I was playing guitar and doing the lead vocals, and we were both sort of starting to go and you know, it's the classic situation of, you know, great friends, but sort of going in different directions creatively. Mm-hmm. And uh, on that particular record, um, we were working with a producer, Charlie Martinez, and uh, it was sort of like the three of us. And uh, we ended up doing uh, my own material for that album. And in the past, Chesterfields albums, it had always been you know co- collaborative material, and it sort of kicked off um, a different direction for me. In the past, with the Chesterfields, especially, our records like Henry Street Soul. And the one before that, they were more, lots of horns, R, you know, definitely heavy R&B, like we were listening to a lot of Earth, Wind & Fire, we were listening to a lot of D'Angelo and The Roots, and all that stuff was formulating. With the last Chesterfield VP, this rock thing crept into me, and I just started turning up my guitar again and sort of letting Matt read the songs. And, um, and as I said, working with the producer and engineer Charlie Martinez on that record, Charlie and I sort of... Uh, you know, struck up a bond. And it led into him and I, after the EP, just kept demoing together. Mm -hmm. And that spiraled into me doing my solo album. And another thing I should say is I've always played uh, drums, I've always played uh, some keyboards and bass, and uh, in addition to being a guitarist and singer. And uh, when when Charlie and I started working, we we work out of this small demo studio in upstate New York, and I just started playing all the instruments and... It snowballed. And so it was the year after that EP came out, we basically just cut this record <laughs> on yeah, right. our weekends off, so to speak.
0: Uh, uh, you know, I, I was looking at the liner notes, uh, and, and you do play just about everything on, on this record. I mean, you, you associate with some of the best players around, but, I mean, you, you know, these are your vocals and practically rhythm section and, and guitars and bass. Man, B3 organ, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's one of my favorite instruments in this, in the demo studio we have up here, which well it's not really a demo studio now, is it? That I think Charlie Martinez, the you know, my co-producer and engineer, he did a he did a genius job of of engineering it and really sort of tricking it into being a really professional sounding record. Um, you know, kudos to him on that. And Charlie did play bass on on four songs, Charlie Martinez. And then we also had um actually funny enough, we had two tracks left over from that EP session the Chesterfield EP session a little over a year ago and we retooled those and we mixed those and that has Charlie Drayton playing drums so I got you know and of course Charlie Drayton's fantastic I've always been a huge fan he, so. did, he did
0: stuff with Keith Richards right?
1: he did yeah he, yeah, he played on all the Keith Richards soul albums he plays mostly bass on them but he also plays drums and he's okay. he's just absolutely you know incredible
0: I, I remember seeing him on saturday night live and i think they switched up he was playing bass and drums right
1: exactly yeah him and steve jordan used to okay do that.
0: right right that was cool yeah So yeah
1: he's he's just you know he's another genius son, hey you got
0: the opportunity to do that with your your band now yeah, yeah
1: exactly yeah, yeah. so yeah. so i'm hoping i'm hoping to actually rain charlie in at one point but right. i i have a really uh i have a really fun live band now that does an amazing job of course
0: <laughs> right yeah you can't slight them
1: yeah, it's it's great to it's it was great to play all the instruments on the record, but it's it's even better to hear, you know, guys who are really incredible like Charlie Drayton and, you know, play the parts back to you. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, our special guest right now here at WVUF in the upper room, Mr. Scott Sherrard. his website com. really coolly redesigned the website and some great information, and of course you can order the CD through the website. It's available also at iTunes, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is cool.
1: Um, and the whole Chesterfield's back catalog is actually available also on my website, which okay. uh, that, that material wasn't available for a long time. And just last month, we uh, re- reissued everything. So you can get that stuff, too.
0: Well, why don't we get into a song? You talked about the, the rock edge to uh, some of the songs that inspired this CD. Um, I've got In Her Arms queued up. So tell us about the song right into this one, and then we'll push play on it.
1: Yeah, Inner Arms was uh, actually it's it's appropriate. That was probably the second song I wrote coming out of these sessions with uh, Charlie Martinez. And uh, you know, at the time, I was listening to a lot of that that you know first, second Prince albums. You yeah, know, right. when he does rock, it's somehow still funky and it has a it just has so many elements. And I wanted to I wanted to do like I was listening to that and I was listening to like I remember at that time like Hey Ya. Uh, was just getting to the end of its reign, you know, the Outcast song.
0: Oh yeah, right. And yeah.
1: I wanted to do, I wanted to do like, what if, you know, what if somehow Prince did a song that was written by Elvis Costello and Outcast? <laughs> hey,
0: it, hey you, then you hit it, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's I, that's I was. That's kind of where I was creatively at the time. Uh huh. So it was a, it was a cool thing to kick it off. It was a fun track to make. This one I did almost, I recorded almost totally by myself actually, which was fun. So.
0: So so we'll listen to it right now and come back and speak once. All right. Great music. Brand new music from Scott Sherrard, who uh, was one of the founders of the group, the Chesterfields. But, hey, it's it's great to be uh, doing your own thing. And uh, his solo CD, its uh, debut CD, Dawnbreaker, is out, available through his website, com. That's called Inner Arms, and he's been kind enough to join us. He's on the road. He's out of the city, I guess. Uh, You know, I guess you're from the Midwest and been in New York for, for about how long living there?
1: I've been in New York for almost no, it'll be 9 years actually. Okay. Uh mid August <laughs> coming well, up on the anniversary.
0: So so you still got you still got family of course back in uh, Wisconsin? Actually
1: actually my family has has moved. Oh really okay. Yeah yeah they they move a lot they've they've actually moved a lot so uh but yeah they actually live in upstate New York now. They moved here about 3 years ago but uh they were in in Milwaukee. I'm from uh, I was born in in the Detroit area in Michigan. Mhm. So that's where my family is actually from. Um, so that's that's kind of my background. A lot of moving.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. And of course, the music world always changing. And uh, man, since since you got into it, uh, you now independent record pushing your own CD, uh, which is available. All the listeners they can go right now to scottsherard.com, and you also can buy the Chesterfields uh, back catalog, which is great. Uh, the EP and Henry Street Soul. Uh, This record, I know uh, you've been listening to all different influences, of course, and you play everything on the record, but uh, there's something interesting we were talking offline about. Uh, You have kind of a blog for your playlist of the month, and you could tell some of Scott's uh, musical taste right there. You know, on the ride up to New York, I don't know if you listen to CDs. what, What have you been listening to in the car or on your player?
1: Uh, late, lately I've been on a, we were actually talking about this in the break, too, but it's funny, I've been, I've been on this Paul Weller kick for a while,
0: uh-huh.
1: and, uh... Did, did you I,
0: hear when he played at FUV? No, uh, I didn't. Yeah, he played right in the studios there.
1: That's great, man. Yeah, it's great. I mean, great. he's, since, uh, since Wildwood came out, Wildwood came out when I was in high school, and, uh, and that was in the late 90s, and that record just, it really turned me on to the, to the art of making a record again, you know? It's like a 17-track album, and I remember I sort of I sort of filed that record away in my brain, and I bought everything by him since then. But even when the Chestfields made Henry Street Soul, I was checking him out. Mm-hmm. And recently, I was in California, and I just randomly walked into a record store, and I picked up this B-sides collection oh, of his wow. stuff. Uh-huh. And I was I was like driving up the California coast, listening to it, man. And I haven't been able to take it off since, and it's just he's like. I think he's really been doing innovative stuff for a long time. I think he should be a lot, you know, a, a lot more popular here. Oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely.
1: You know, in England, he's like, a, England, he's worshipped, you know. Uh-huh. He's, he's very popular there, but uh, I think he's been doing some really fresh stuff. And, and, you know, as we were talking about, too, like Van Hunt, I think is just, you know, I think he's on a whole nother level. I think a good, like, at least half of his record is some stuff that people are not doing right is, now. Is he you from
0: know? the U.K., too?
1: Actually, Van Hunt is from the South. He's from Atlanta. Okay. And he produced uh, uh, another great artist named Rasan Patterson.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I dug him. He's from Jersey, I think?
1: I think so, yeah. but he's definitely, Rasan is definitely in California now. Okay. Um, and who else? You know, P, you know, I'm pretty eclectic, man. Like, I'm still digging the new Elvis Costello. I mm-hmm. love everything he does. Uh, P.J. Harvey. You know, I, I try to keep it really open.
0: You right, know? right.
1: Because uh, I think that's I think it's the best way. I think it's one of the things we're missing in music right now is, is just that, you know, that openness. And I think anytime you put on a record by these people I'm talking about, or if you put on a record by you know even any of the great records, whether it be Stevie Wonder or Jimi Hendrix or Joni Mitchell, you don't really hear style. You know, right. you just hear sort of a you know like a perfect vision of everything you love. You know, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of, of every element in the music. You know, and that's that's where I think it's got to go. If, if music's going to continue to evolve and the great thing is that we have artists who are doing it right now, you know, like those, like those few that I mentioned. And, uh, you know, it's just really a matter of, of, of bringing them to the fore, you know?
0: Well, Scott Sherrard, uh, also, uh, he had a great CD release party. Tell us about the release party, uh, how it go down and, uh, what is involved in, in getting the party together?
1: Well, it was, it was great, man. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a little bit it was anytime you're putting a show together in New York City and you're doing it on your own you know it can be a little bit of a a little bit of a trip you know it was uh-huh. a good month of planning, but the venue was uh was great it was at crash mansion uh, which is uh down in the Bowery in downtown manhattan and uh it was it was you know they have a beautiful stage it was a, we had a great crowd I was lucky that way and uh it really you know kicked things off I'd done a preliminary gig at the bitter end about. Two months before that, and then uh, this was back in late May, actually, that I had the CD release party, and uh, it, was a, it was a great gig. I have a, you know, as I was saying before, I have a great live band, too, so I was really blessed to have a great band with me that was performing, you know, the music really well, and and as I said, a great audience. So... Looking forward to doing a lot more shows in the area coming up. So,
0: well, you're going to be back at the bit around looking uh, Thursday, September 29th.
1: Right? Yeah, it's a little ways off. That's yeah. gonna, that's going to be the premiere of uh, of a new lineup. I've decided that when I was growing up playing music, I I started playing music in the Midwest. You mentioned Milwaukee before. That's where I went to high school and started playing music. When I first had my own band, it was a trio, and we used to we used to tour and play a lot in that area, playing mostly blues and R&B. And uh, I just decided that. You know, about a year ago I decided at some point i got to get the trio back together, you know, bass, drums, guitar, and vocal. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what that's going to be on September 29th at the bitter end. I'm going to be bringing a trio in there and doing these songs off of Dawnbreaker as well as some new songs. And, and I'm also getting some, some interesting cover material together. Um, and we're going to go ahead and just and throw down like a trio.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, G and I were driving around saturday night we listened to another station in town and they were playing some like vintage hendrix stuff i had never heard talking about the trio and there was some instrumental song i was like this stuff's amazing i mean just drum bass guitar and
1: well when you talk about jimmy that's that's about as close to my heart as you can get
0: right okay yeah
1: you know Band Band of gypsies is the reason i play music
0: and you played with buddy miles right
1: i did when Uh i was very young Uh when i was when i was uh but i must have been 15 or 16 Buddy came into Milwaukee and did um, a couple shows and did some recording sessions, and he had me along for it. Uh, At the time, I was in a house band in Milwaukee. We were working every Thursday night at this club called the Up and Under. It was a great club. And the club was awesome. It used to be a place that, like, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Robert Cray and B.B. King and Luther Allison, they all used to stop through when they'd play in town. So it it was a great hub. You know, Buddy happened to come in, and he happened to stay a couple weeks, and it was a cool experience, man. I mean, he's, you know, he's still incredible. I remember one, we had a session, and, and uh, he was playing great drums on the session, and at the end of the session, he just went up to a Rhodes piano, and he started singing spirituals. Uh-huh. And we just sat and listened to him for like an hour. It was like one gospel after another, and it was incredible. I mean, the guy is like super, super talented. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was a great experience. But wow. yeah, I mean, buddy, I mean, the Band of Gypsies, that's, you know, that's the template right there,
0: you know. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so you'll be able to see that at the bitter end. And uh, we're going to get into another song right now. we got a lot of positive response for this one, Approval. And uh, you got some great vocals on here um, by yourself. And uh, this is uh, off of Scott Sherrard's CD, Dawnbreaker. You can get it now, scottsherrard.com. If, uh, if it's not in your uh, record store, indie record store, we got a lot around here. I'm sure they can find a way to get it there as well. Um, so we'll give it a listen to this. And uh, you got time for one more segment, right?
1: Yeah, definitely, Okay, man.
0: cool. This is WVOF. All right, that is more music from Scott Sherrard from the Dawnbreaker approval. And, uh, you know, we move over real quickly. And we're back with Scott Sherrard here at WVOF. So uh, we are talking about, you know, Prince's influence on your music. And you, and you saw Prince of the Garden uh, on the musicology tour yeah yeah well which night did you go of the three nights i think there were three right
1: it was the fir- i saw the first show the first night
0: okay great
1: yeah man it's like getting saved uh-huh that's, right. like, <laughs> that's like the best guy we have
0: yeah right you
1: know i High mean a it's,
0: performer wow
1: you know with, with jimmy being gone and Joni being retired it's like you know that's what we have mm-hmm. he's i think he's really he, he just gets better and better and better and better and every time I see him live, I mean, I've seen him live, like that was probably the sixth time I've seen him live. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I see him, it's just his, his his game is so on. His singing, I mean, I think it's amazing. Just even just as a vocalist, just to go watch him hit every note perfect and and still, you know, dance and still work the room and, you know, do such a wide variety of material, too. I mean, they do... Everything in that band—they improvise. They play rock. They play funk. They play—you know—he does like even folk type stuff. He does an acoustic set. It's like how many people can you see do that?
0: You know? Yeah, not too many.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. He's—it's—it's it's something to aspire to for every musician. You know, you got to see him.
0: Well, we, you know, you're you're based out of New York now and uh, playing at the Bitter End, Crash Mansion, and uh, what, what's New York like nine years later? As a musician, uh, what are the struggles, and what's what's uh, what's? Seeing you're like positive, man. I want to stay here for a, a, a longer time.
1: Well, I'm I'm not sure. I, I do. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> hey, you're um, honest. You're honest. But, but yeah, I uh, you know New York, um, at least the island of Manhattan, uh, and you know anything anything that's within a couple subway stops on the outside of it is you know pretty much kind of like an outdoor shopping mall for the rich now. <laughs> You know when wow. I when I moved to New York, you know there were a lot of clubs. Everyone was dancing. Everyone was smoking cigarettes. It was laid back. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you know I I mean the cigarette band, whatever. But the dancing, you know they stopped the dancing in the clubs about five years ago, maybe a little over. Once that happened, it was like one live music venue after another has been shot down. You know right, we we've, right. we've lost we've lost some institutions we've lost the bottom line, we've lost the wetlands, we're about to lose CBGB's. You know, we lost uh, Manny's Car Wash a long time ago.
0: Chicago Blues, too, Chicago right? Chicago
1: Blues. Yeah. I mean, and these are, um, and then there was, of course, the smaller gigs that we all used to do, you know, us musicians used to do, where we would be hired, and it would pay well, we would be creative, we'd play three sets, people would dance, we'd be exposed to new audiences, and we weren't responsible for bringing a crowd in. All those venues have disappeared. Mm-hmm. so um it's very, very very difficult to be a musician and be in New York City right now. Um, really, it comes down to sort of an art of compromise and i know I know myself i do I do sideman work uh quite a bit just to keep things rolling right and right. uh you know when you end up doing that, you basically end up you know being out of town all the time and uh it's interesting i also Last fall, I went to uh, I went to Paris and I had some meetings with music publishers over there, and I checked out the music, some of the live music scene while I was there, and I was really impressed. and uh, And I said I was just in Northern California as well, and I had sort of a similar experience. I think um, you know New York has just gotten it got too tight, you know, mm-hmm. especially during uh, you know for all the great things that Giuliani did for crime, it did terrible things for culture so <laughs> right. i'm so, sure a lot
0: of people feel that way yeah yeah
1: it's just it's a tough it's a really tough place to be but i have to say when i moved there you know when i moved there in 97 i was right out of high school and it was great man and it was like sort of it was when it was starting to turn you know and i've i've kind of i've watched the city transform mm-hmm. you know and uh it's it's been it's a little, it's a little tough that way but you know it's you still have you know a lot of the greatest musicians on the planet the, the majority of them if you're playing blues or you're playing jazz or you're playing R&B or rock or whatever, the majority are in New York. <laughs> right, right. You know, so it's, it still kind of remains that way, but, um, you know, there's a lot of there's great live music scenes. There's a lot of better live music scenes everywhere else. It's yeah. kinda interesting. I think even probably Trenton has a better live music scene.
0: Well, Trenton's happening right. <laughs>
1: you know what yeah. I mean? It's right. or Philadelphia, definitely. Yeah, you know, South,
0: South Street there. There's yeah.
1: a lot of there's a lot of venues. in New York it's pretty much, you know, the Bleaker Street drag is great. Yeah. You know, but that's pretty much about it, you know, unless you're gonna go to, you know, Carnegie Hall or the Bowery Ballroom or something.
0: Yeah, I was always amazed with with New York the last few years, the the lack of actual blues clubs or places, you know. You have a few but
1: and you have some yeah. of the best guys. I mean, right. you know, you you have like Michael Powers. I mean, every time yeah. I see Michael Powers, it's like that guy's incredible.
0: Plays o- over on Bleecker Street. right? Yeah, he plays yeah. at
1: Terra Blues. He right. actually has a steady a steady gig there right now on right. Fridays and Mondays, I think. So, uh-huh. which is great. And he has a great record out that I've been listening to as well. Um, you know, but uh, that's that's the thing. You got you do have a lot of great musicians, but you just don't have the. I guess what it comes down to is you don't have the, the community to sort of develop a sound anymore because you don't really have a, a club that everyone congregates around. Right. You know, and you used to, used to have that. But I think things will turn over and change. It's just kind of an awkward moment. But in the music business in general, I think things are getting a little bit better every year, you know, in terms of the underground is starting to bubble up just like, you know, just a little bit more every year. So that's positive,
0: you know. Well, if you just tuned in right now, it's 5:01. Uh, Scott Sherrard, his latest CD, The Dawnbreaker. He's uh, been our guest for the last 25 30 minutes or so. Uh, you can go to his website com, and his last name is spelled s h a r r a r d.com and the CDs available through his website, iTunes and also pick up the Chesterfield's his his old band's catalog right there and, and before we get into uh, one final track tell us about the, uh, the show coming up on the 18th uh, your other project
1: yeah on August 18th I'm working at, uh, at this club uh, Detour it's like it's my favorite jazz venue actually in New York because it's, it's very intimate and uh, it's I'm going to be exposing another side of myself I actually I work a lot as a guitarist uh, playing jazz and playing you know uh, different variations of it playing instrumental music and I've written a lot of instrumental music in the last year or two. And this group is uh, it's an organ trio, but we do um, a different spin on organ trio. it's We do a lot of electronic music grooves. So you'll have an acoustic drummer, a drummer with a drum set, but doing electronic grooves uh, with an organ, keyboards, and uh, myself on guitar. so it's a it's an interesting group. We do a lot, I have a lot of original arrangements for the group of tunes. By We do a couple Bjork songs.
0: Oh, wow.
1: We do a couple Wayne Shorter tunes. We do, I even arranged some, uh, I, I'm, I'm a nutcase for French surrealists. So uh-huh. I got uh, Eric Satie, I took one of his tunes and I arranged it for the group. We do, oh, you know, it definitely has sort of a, it's sort of like a Bitches Brew meets Bjork vibe wow you that's know but it, played happy. by an organ trio and the band is fantastic john riley the drummer has played with like eric lewis and norah jones and brian charette the keyboard player brian and i've been working together for years and years and he's amazing you can see him playing now with bernard purdy and uh and jerry vivino and lou donaldson so he's a fantastic musician and uh they're great they're, they're a lot of fun to watch and it's a it's fun it's a fun group and it's a different thing you know it's uh just playing the guitar and being an instrumental group, it's more of a meditative, you know, uh, vibe. And uh, it's, you know, obviously without the, without the vocals, without the direct storytelling, you can just kind of come and catch a vibe and hang out and have a drink. And, and we play all night, and it's free. It's, right. it's the only gig I do where there's no cover charge. So, and uh, we play all night, so it's, it's really laid back and fun. And uh, we have a lot of guests show up, too. Last time a lot of great uh, musicians showed up and sat in, so you never know what's going to happen.
0: And that's uh, Thursday, August 18th from 9 to 12, 30 p.m., free, no cover, 21 and over. And uh, it's at Detour. And then uh, don't forget Thursday, September 29th at the Bitter End, 9.30 p.m. on Bleecker Street in Greenwich Village. Uh, one set, 9.30 p.m. And uh, when you go to the door, make sure you mention that you're here to see uh, Scott Gerard let the, let the people in the house know. And uh, got to thank you, man. And you, you got to come to the studio one time to play
1: I'd love be, to. Yet to
0: do that, but you know, love to have you down here play the tunes.
1: I'd love to. I've been doing some acoustic shows lately too, so be, yeah, be a so good opportunity to to show that off. and yeah, check do, out your studio. Do it this so. fall,
0: fall and winter when when the kids are back here.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yep. So so I know you still bring the funk. You bring a lot of styles, but we got a song queued up, Lady Fortune Teller, and uh, you know what was it like mixing this and playing this in the studio?
1: Uh this <laughs> this this was actually somewhat similar to the way Inner Arms went down. I tracked a lot of it by myself initially uh and then charlie martinez my producer and i just hooked up and finished it off this went down real quick and it's you know it's a groove it's it's a groove track all the way i wanted to do again this is actually funny enough this is definitely it has a lot of early prince influence to it Mm -hmm. um and i just wanted to create kind of a modern sort of stomping funk groove with like a a like a uh Hook that you can't get out of your head, so it's, that was kind of what I started with, and then just playing around with the drums and messing around and then it just came out so
0: yeah <laughs> it's I a fun tune to do live.: yeah, I think it works so, so yeah, it's, a lot, it's yeah. a lot of
1: fun to do live. people people always think they know what song it is, so that's right. been interesting.:
0: <laughs> yeah, so keep playing it yeah yeah, yeah so this is Scott Gerard and thanks Scott. Get the Dawnbreaker in your collection right now. this is Lady Fortune Teller.: Thanks, Lady. Joe.